0: Rue, and it really was. The next day, from the hour that they rose until dinner, and from dinner until supper, was simply expectation and expectation without reward. Nothing came. They hung about the hotel, Philip abandoning even his intentions of making Gerald look about the town and its pretty suburb. The suspense gathered and increased. The fact was they were both—the older boy as well as his friend reaching its severest limits. Touchstone had counted on some word before noon. When afternoon became a confirmed blank, his excitement increased, till he had all he could do to be reasonably tranquil—for two. What could it mean? The distance. The storm inland. Some carelessness? There is a deadlock—a deadlock somewhere, Touchstone exclaimed to himself, over and over. Some of the telegrams had been duplicated— two to other persons at Asakasi, farmer Wooden, one of them—were added. They had no available New York acquaintances. Further dispatches were useless. If the enigma had a simple answer, it was as effective as one in which lay a tragedy. The silence might any moment explain itself as a calamity or a burlesque. Must they wait another day for a solution? Or for none? "'We won't do that,' I think, Gerald," he said. "'No,' If this delay keeps on, we will leave here to-morrow and start for home, the Asakasi. Even if we find the doors shut in our faces, we'll find people glad to take us in. Forlorn creatures that we are. There was not much mirth in his laugh. I, I think we'd better go home, said Gerald, and this prospect brightened him a little. Mr. Banger was on jury duty all that day, and, much to his disgust, he was locked up for the night with eleven other good and true men he sent word to his viceroy joe that he couldn't tell when wilson miller the town undertaker would know black wasn't white and let them all get home to their business it was all his pick but about ten o'clock mr banger was released and made his way back quite put out with life and with the ways of administering justice in these united states he had not thought of philip and gerald and of their mysterious detention but it surprised him now to infer from what joe said that they had not yet been able to get replies from their friends things must be decidedly out of order somewhere he exclaimed to joe as they were sitting together in the office chatting about the day's affairs from the bar-room came the sound of a few voices and the hotel was settling down for the night does that young fellow seem to have as much money about him as he'd ought to by what he said to me i don't know Joe replied. He told me not to bother him. I wonder if his story is all made out of cloth that will wash. To look at either of the two would make one suppose so. But I've been sold before now by people old and young. As he spoke, Philip walked in sight. He had left the package in the office and came downstairs for it. He looked pale and anxious. "'Nothing turned up yet?' queried Mr. Banger. "'Odd.' I should think it'd feel quite nonplussed." "'I do,' replied Philip, pausing. "'It is... rather curious. He did not wish to seem uncomfortable. I think we shall hear something to-morrow. Good night, sir.' And he went upstairs again, too weary and dejected to talk over his worry with any comparative stranger. Just as he closed his bedroom door, and as sounds from below were shut out, wheels came crackling up to the front piazza mr banger walked to the door somebody was standing beside his vehicle in half an hour he was saying and rub em down well before you bring em back mr banger recognized the voice ah mr jennison he exclaimed as that gentleman came up the steps leisurely where do you hail from at this time of the evening when most decent people are going to sleep ourselves the bright exceptions mr winthrop jennison returned when most decent people are thinking about going to sleep," the Landlord answered humorously. "'Well,' returned Mr. Jennison, looking back solicitously after the horse, "'I've been near Moses' farm for several days. I found I must drive over here tonight on some business. So on I came, Mr. Bangor.' "'You'll stop here, sir, till morning? I thought I heard you say—' "'Unfortunately, I can only rest here half an hour, as you might have heard.' i've promised to to give a friend of mine on the point some important papers before tomorrow he's expecting me my horse is so blown that i find i must get there a little later than i like the point road, that's six miles at least and you've driven twelve since you started and in a hurry too i know it but it's a special matter i must get to that house some time this evening my friend will sit up for me can you give me a good cigar, Mr. Banger? Sorry, I can't stop. Joe bustled off to the barroom to fetch a box. Mr. Jennison glanced at the hotel register with an air of indifference. Are those young fellows that were on the steamer, the two that were thought drowned, still with you? I read about the thing a while ago in the paper. Yes, I disguised the names on the register there to oblige them. Mr. Philip and brother. Odd circumstance. They haven't heard from their folks yet. Queerer still. "'They haven't?' asked Mr. Jennison. He twisted his mustache and pored over the book. Suddenly he looked up, as Joe brought the cigars for his selection, and said, "'Mr. Philip and Brother, I think I have some recollection about that name. I wonder if—' He stopped, and cut and lighted the cigar deliberately. "'By the by, one of them, the Elder—' inquired after you and your friend mr belmont i forgot it i declare inquired after me after that mr belmont who happened to be with me i hardly know belmont that's singular but they may have heard my name describe them to me if you please mr banger whatever in this dialogue was acting would have done credit to any player on the boards the tones of voice the looks gestures were alike highly artistic Mr. Banger described. He had not talked with Mr. Jennison often, but he had respect for that gentleman's supposed knowledge of the world, though he was inclined to suspect that it took in a peculiarly shady side of it. He liked Mr. Jennison, but he did not altogether understand him. "'Really, they might—they might be a pair of young impostors, after all,' laughed Mr. Jennison. "'It's one way to get half a week's board out of you, you see.' "'unless you've got your money, or unless their story is backed.' Mr. Banger fidgeted. "'That had occurred to me, sir. "'This uncommon delay.' "'Well, I hope not. "'I'll be coming back for my friends tomorrow morning, "'and you can tell me if anything turns up then. "'It may be that they are not what they profess in this sensation story, "'and they may give you this slip. "'I certainly do recall something about that name, Philip, "'and about such a pair of lads.' Don't say anything, though. Remember that, please." The horse came up shortly. Mr. Jennison drove off. Perhaps it is well to say whither. He did not go forward to reward the patience of any wary householder waiting for important papers. He rode to the junction of Point Road with a cross-track, turned down the ladder, and made his way in the moonlight to a certain deserted sawmill standing back among some poplars. He tied his horse, whistled, and presently was met by two men who seemed thoroughly glad to see him. "'Well, I couldn't get her sooner,' he explained tartly. "'That little affair of my own, that I spoke of, has come up again and detained me.' The three disappeared in the dark building. They talked there almost until the red and yellow dawn began to shimmer between the poplar tops. End of Chapter 16